father and grandfather before him, and heaven knows how many forebears. She had rather taken it for granted that there was money enough, and when occasionally she had mentioned the leaky roof and the peeling paint, her father had looked vaguely surprised for a moment, and had remarked that he really must do something about them. But he never had. She realised with a shock of surprise that she had been home for three years. It was only during the last few months that she had begun to notice things. Old Barney was still with them, but then he had been her father's Batman during the war, and Angela, their cook, who had always been there too. But when Joan, the maid, had left to get married, she had been replaced by Mrs Stokes from the village, who obliged twice a week, and several bedrooms had been shut up. She bent and pulled a couple of radishes, rubbed the earth off them, and crunched into them. She should have done something about it, of course, and she felt bitterly ashamed. Here she was, twenty-two years old, nicely up in the social graces, but a complete stranger to shorthand and typing, nursing, teaching the young, or even serving in a shop. And without any of these skills, how was she to get money? Because money was what was needed. Her home had to be kept from falling to the ground, It was a pity that she had refused the wholesale manufacturer of cotton goods who had wanted to marry her. He was a rich man. Indeed, now she came to think about it, she had refused several comfortably off young men, under the impression, mistaken, she now saw, that one should marry for love. She whistled to Dusty, stretched out on the grass path, and turned back to the house. Mr Timms, the family solicitor, was coming to see her father that morning, Her mother had mentioned it and looked worried, but when Celine had asked what was the matter, she wasn't told anything. That was the trouble, she thought unhappily. She had been born unexpectedly when her parents were verging on middle age, and they still thought of her as a child to be shielded from anything unpleasant. Not that they had spoiled her, but she had been brought up in a kind of effortless comfort. Money was never mentioned, and she hadn't bothered over much about it. She loved her home dearly. If she hadn't, perhaps she would have trained for something and got a job by now. She went in through the kitchen door, stopped to talk to Angela, whose elderly feet were hurting her, then went through the stone-flagged passage to the hall. There were flagstones here too, and panelled walls and oak rafters and narrow latticed windows. She stopped to smell the lilac standing in a great vase in one corner and went into the dining room. Her mother and father were already there. Her mother, a small pretty woman, with bright blue eyes, busy with her post. Her father, tall and thin and scholarly, behind his newspaper. Celine kissed them in turn and took her seat at the table. What time is Mr Timms coming? she asked. Her father didn't answer. She turned her lovely grey eyes on her mother, who looked up briefly. About ten o'clock, dear. We'd better have him to lunch. Celine poured herself some coffee and began on a boiled egg. Father, why is he coming? And when her parent grunted, Is it about money? I've never bothered about it, I'm afraid, but now I think I ought to be told. He lowered the paper and looked at her over the top. There's no need, he began. She interrupted him gently. There is, you know. Father, are we broke? 
He looked uneasy. The truth is, my dear, I'm not quite sure. It is true there isn't a great deal of money left, and unfortunately I made one or two investments a couple of months ago, and they haven't turned out quite as I had hoped. She buttered some toast. Her insides were cold. She could hardly get the next question out for very fright. We shan't have to leave here. Unthinkable, declared her father. In any case, who would buy the place? It's falling down. But father, isn't there anything to be done? I mean, couldn't we patch it up a bit where it needs it most? Colonel Bayliss was on the whole a mild, rather dreamy man, but he could on occasion return to the parade ground manner. There's no...